shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for choosing us. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for preferring us. We thank you for boldness. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you are good and mercy is on your father. We thank you for angelic assistance. We thank you for the blood. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We pray and may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Oh, we thank God that he has qualified us to see another 24 hours. And while we are still enjoying those 24 hours, we will work the works of him who has sent us while we are in the day season of our lives. Because we know that it is good that a young man will bear his burden in his youth. Tonight is our final episode of what we have been studying for the past five weeks. Today is the sixth week. And our series we have titled for our learning and it's simply a study through the pages of scripture through the stories documented god inspired people to document about the things that we should not do and i said in the first episode that many times most of us want to follow people who have made it in life who are successful in one area or another and we are obsessed about what they did to get there but i think we should also look at the things not to do because by doing some things, we are not doing some things. For example, let's say you want to be a billionaire and you go and listen or read on the current billionaires and are talking about the fact that they save money, they save this part of their income or they diversified their income or they did what passive income or invested here and there. Them saying this indirectly, they are saying other things. What are they saying? They are saying that do not spend recklessly. They are saying that um, do not have only one source of income. They are saying improve yourself. But there are many things that we also need to focus on, on the things they had to run away from, the things they had not to do. And God, through the agency of the scripture and the Holy Spirit, is enlightening us on the things we are not to follow. The, what, what some people may call the bad examples not to follow. And it's very important that we appreciate this truth, that we need to know the examples to flee from. So I always say that in Jude chapter 1, that Jude gives us three people not to emulate Cain, Barak, and Korah. They were choices these three people made and the scripture advised us not to follow. But we have been looking at six people that God has inspired us to learn from the mistakes that they made. And tonight we are looking at the man himself, one and only. <laughs> Let's go to Ezekiel 28 verse 12 following. Let's see the man we are not to follow. The things we can learn from the mistakes he made. Let's start on the verse 11. The word of the Lord came to me, Ezekiel speaking, Son of man, take up a lamentation concerning the king of Tyre and say to him, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Let's pay attention to what the sovereign Lord is speaking or saying, You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom, and perfect in beauty. God is the one telling somebody that you were the seal of perfection. You were the definition of perfection. You were the apex there. You are, when people say perfect, you are the one they point to. You were full of wisdom and you were perfect in beauty. Verse 13, you were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone adored you. Carmelia, crystallite, and emerald, topaz, 
Ongze, and Jasper, Lapis Lazuli, Turquoise, and Beryl. Your settings and your mountains were made of gold on the day you were created. They were prepared. 14. You were anointed as a guardian cherub. So I ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God. You walked among the fairy stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. Through your widespread trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. So I drove you in disgrace from the mount of God and I expelled you, guardian cherub, from among the fairy stones. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to the earth and I made a spectacle of you before the kings. You were made by your many sins and your dishonest trade. You have desecrated your sanctuary. So I made fire come out from you and it consumed you. And I reduced you to ashes on the ground in the sight of all who were watching. All the nations who knew you were appalled at you. You have come to a horrible end and will be no more. Oh, wow. There's so much. I can see that the sovereign Lord was pouring out his heart to this anointed cherub. And tonight we are focusing on the anointed cherub that covers. The NIV says that the anointed cherub or the anointed guardian cherub. King James says the cherub that covers. Talking about the guardian angel. And just uh, a brief background or just something by the side. If you look at the verse 12. The son of man take up a lament against the king of Tar. So it was a lament against a king of Tar. But from the description, this is no king of Tar. Because if it was a human being, this human being was not in Eden, in the garden of God. This human being was his setting, his body was made out of precious ointment. This human, this king of time was definitely not an anointed cherub. So even though on the surface it looked like he was talking to a king of time, he was talking to a cherub, an anointed cherub. And a cherub, just to say it in simplest, is an angel or an angelic being, a supernatural being. And from the lamentation that Ezekiel speaking, even from the verse 1, a prophecy against the king of Tar. Son of man said, the will of Tar, this is the sovereign Lord. In the pride of your heart, you said, I am a God. I will sit on the throne of God in the heart of the seas. But you are more mortal than not God. Do you think you are as wise as God? Are you wiser than Daniel? Is no secret hidden from you? By your wisdom and your understanding, you gain wealth for yourself. And you amass gold and silver in your treasuries. By your great skill in trading, you have increased your wealth. And because of your wealth, your heart has grown proud. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Because you think you are wise, as wise as a God, I'm going to bring foreigners against you and make ruthless of nations. And I will draw the sword against your beauty and your wisdom and your piercing splendor. They will bring you down to the pit and you will die a violent death in the heart of the seas. Will you then say, I am God in the presence of those who kill you? You will be a mortal, not God in the hands of those who slay you. You will die the death of uncircumcised at the hands of foreigners. I have spoken, declares the law. So this was to a human being. And this, that's the first portion of Ezekiel 28. But if you go to the verse 12, it's now talking, even though 
it was addressed to a king of Tar. It was referring to an anointed cherub that covered. And I don't want to go into the details between the prince of Tar and the king of Tar. But sometimes I remember, if you read mostly the prophetic books, um, Ezekiel and Isaiah, this is just an extra information. This is one of the things you will notice. is as though the prophet is talking about one thing, then in the next verse he has switched and he's talking about something else. And you soon be reading Isaiah 14, verse 12 following, and you see that example. Where it's as though the prophet is talking about one thing, and by the next two or three verses, he switched and talking about somebody else. He did the same thing when he was talking about Jesus. It was though he was encouraging the people before he was talking about the root of David, talking about how someone will be bruised for our iniquities. And they just switched to talk about Jesus. And initially, when I was a bit younger, I used to get confused. And that's why many people don't understand this prophet because it's like at one instance he's talking about something, another instance he changes. And I just noticed that it's something that happens in prophetism. If you have been in the Christian faith for a while, I'm sure you have been for one prophetic service or another, where you see the minister prophesy like a prophetic convocation. And maybe the minister is, has called, yes, Amma, the lady in the blue, and you know those things. And they say, oh, come. And the minister will start prophesying, but all of a sudden he will pause and he will tell another lady to stand up. I see the Lord say, no, 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 no. Then you pause. So this can go on for about 30 minutes. And by the time you realize, like four or five or six people have stood up and all of them have received half, 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 half prophecy. Then the prophet will go back, yes, where was I with you? <laughs> and I used to find it very annoying. I'm like, ah, just get one person, speak to the person, let the person sit down. Then you call another person, but you call this, you start, your father is this, your mother is this, oh, glory, I see a deliverance. Then you'll make us sing some worship. Then you'll pause. Then you'll call another I'm like, ah, what is all this thing? But even in the Bible, was there? And there's something about prophetism. Sometimes as you are speaking, you get a pause. Then you see something else, and it's good that you flow with what you are seeing. And through experience and submitting yourself to teachers and submitting yourself to the dealing of the Holy Spirit as a prophet, as somebody who operates in the office of the prophet, you learn how to mature in your gift and you know how to balance these things. Well, I know some people, okay, I think generally all the people I know who operate in the office of the prophet, uh, all those have been for their administration. I think almost all of them do that. A few of them don't. A few of them get one person at a time. But most often, especially if it's a prophetic gathering, if it's a, a, a conference, like a word conference or a prayer conference, that one mostly they can just stop and deal with one person and they move on. But it's something that we must appreciate about the prophetism. This is just by the way. Now let's go to Isaiah 14. Then you peruse this anointed cherub that covers Isaiah 14, verse 12. And it says, Oh, how thou art fallen from heaven. So obviously he was talking about somebody who was in heaven. The same thing as Ezekiel. Oh, Lucifer. Now he has mentioned the person's name, the son of the morning. Thou art cut down from the ground, which this wickedness the nation. For thou hast said in thy heart, verse 13, thou hast said in thy heart, I would ascend into heaven, and I will exalt my truth above the stars of God. I would also sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. The north is a very spiritual position, but let's not go into that. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall now really look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the heaven to tremble? 
that did shake the kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof, that opened not the house of his prisoners, all the kings of the nations, even all of them lie in glory, everyone in his own house. But thou art cast out of thy grave, like an abominable branch, and as a remnant of those that slain, thrust through with a sword, that go down to the stones of the pit as a carcass, trodden underneath the fruit. So you can see that here, Isaiah is doing the same thing, he's switching. It's as though he's talking about Lucifer, then he's talking about a human being. And these are the things that we should be able to decipher. That is why the Bible is a spiritual book. You need to rightly define it. Now, in the verse 12, it says, Thou art fallen, O Lucifer. According to those um, Bible theologians, his, his name before the fall is believed to be Luciel. And you know the suffix E-L talks about your belonging to God, or your belongingness to God. So almost all the angelic beings that Bible has given us their names, they all end with E-L. So you see the common example are Michael, but actually it is Michael. Then you see again Gabriel or Gabriel, but it's actually Gabriel. And so it is Gabriel, Michael, and Luciel. These are the spiritual beings that the Bible has given us record of their names. Remember um, Jacob when he wrestled with an, an, a, a supernatural being, he asked for the being's name and the being said, Charlie, that one is not your concern. And the name is a mystery. And I think that these are things that explore those of us who are enthused about the word and about the supernatural. We should learn to stay within the confines of the word. And as much as it's nice to read other information, I know there are other um, angelic beings whose names are in record. For example, Raphael. I think in some of them, um, other books, you see an angel called Raphael. But just as the supernatural being told Jacob, you don't need my name for anything. And you knowing the names of angels does not give an indication of your spirituality or anything. At least God has given us Michael, has given us Gabriel, and has given us Luciel. So let's stick with this three. So it is believed that after he rebelled, his name was changed from Luciel to Lucifer. And now he's called Satan, and the devil, the old serpent, the old dragon. Now the, <laughs> he has been in many names depending on the operation he's undertaking. So one day, God willing, if God permits, he will do the names of Lucifer and we'll see what each name means. You look at what it means to be referred to as the old serpent. And we did a teaching on in the garden and we made reference to that. So God willing, these are things that you are believing God to teach us more about. But now let's go into what we should not follow about Mr. Lucifer. The verse 13. For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven and exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. The first thing that we should learn from the guardian angel that covereth, the anointed angel that covereth, the anointed cherub, sorry, that covereth, is the things we see in our hearts. This is very important. In fact, as I was preparing, I wanted to just stick on this point and peruse in detail, but I'm like, I said I'll do three things to learn. So let me just try and stick to the initial discussion. Hopefully, we can always do um, um, another part, another episode from this map. 
but we need to be careful about the things we say in our heart. So if you read Psalms 40, this is the fool says in his heart. The fool does not literally say with the mouth, but the fool says in his heart, there is no God. The state of your heart and the discussions that go on in your heart determine the outcome of your life. This is not me saying it. This is the teacher, Proverbs saying this. Proverbs 4, verse 23. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Let's look at how the message version puts this beautiful scripture. This scripture is a very powerful scripture. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Let's look at how the message version puts it. It says, keep vigilant watch over your heart. That is where life starts from. Oh, this is a beautiful scripture. This is a beautiful scripture. Keep vigilant over your heart. That is where life starts from. So if you pay attention to the readings we did, talking about the anointed cherubim in Ezekiel, he was talking about the fact that he was perfect until wickedness was found in him. Where did the wickedness come from? The things he said in his heart. Do not underestimate the conversation that you allow to settle in your heart. The thoughts that you allow to settle in your heart, they determine the outcome of your life. So everybody who has achieved anything in life, both positively and negatively, had certain conversations that were deeply rooted in their heart that made them to act out as though they were possessed men. Look at men like Daniel. How dare you, a refugee, stand up to the king and say that the thing the king has made available for you to eat from his table, you will not eat from his table. But you are rather going to drink water and eat vegetables. Yet you will better than those who are eating their choices of meat and eating directly from the food table. Because the secret is in Daniel 1 verse 10. For Daniel purposed in his heart. The conversation that go on in your heart, especially as a young person, will determine the outcome of your life. Until you are convicted about something in your heart, that is what you naturally act out. So the scripture has given us an insight into what was going on in the heart of Lucifer as he was dancing up and down the mountain of God, the fiery stones in heaven. He was having conversations in his heart how he would exalt himself and establish his throne above the stars of God. He was having conversations in his heart. how he will be above the stars of god how he will ascend above the heights of clouds and be like the most high so every day as he was cleaning the throne every day as he was fetching water for in god in heaven cleaning the throne sweeping the bedroom of god he was just contemplating on things how one day one day the son of a taco seller would also wear white shirt <laughs> So there were conversations that were going on in the heart of Lucifer as he was serving God as he was perfect in beauty and splendor as he was robed in all manner of precious stones there were conversations that were going on in his heart and it was just a matter of time for the execution to take place so you could see that as he was building these things in his heart he started to talk to other angels as a challenge to if you become god if you become like the most high nothing will be wrong the thoughts you allow to settle in your heart will determine the outcome of your life and it is proverbs saying it is the word of god guard your heart with all diligence because what mr bible says that is where life 
will start from. If you make it as a billionaire or a millionaire or a successful engineer, musician, YouTuber, it will start from your heart. That is why you must guard it with all diligence. With all diligence. You cannot be passive with the things you allow to settle in your heart. You will make a mistake if you do that. That is why the company you keep determines the outcome of your life. Because if you continue to find yourself in the midst of scoffers, if you sit in the path of sinners and you have company with certain people, their conversations begin to form mountains and imaginations in your heart. And before you realize, the person who never believes in stealing is now stealing from his company because you are surrounding yourself with workers that are always grumbling and complaining and undermining and scheming of things. Even though you may be perfect like Lucifer, but as Lucifer allowed thoughts of pride to settle in his heart, it was only a matter of time. Guard your heart. And it's the same thing that Mr. Amnon did. You know Amnon and Tamar, Amnon, the son of David. This guy had lasted after his sister in his heart to the extent that the guy was literally sick. This is what the, the power of the things you allow to settle in your heart happens. This guy was literally bedridden because of a thought that he had harbored in his heart. This guy was literally willing to risk his life just to sleep with his sister because the thought had become a stronghold, had become like a demon possession for him. And that is the power of your heart. Just a few days ago, I think yesterday or today, I was on social media and I saw an old video of Bill Gates talking to um, a common TV presenter. I think he was called Bill something. And he was trying to explain the internet to this guy, like even though the, the, the guy interviewed was behaving as if he didn't really know the, the, what the internet was about. Of course, he didn't really know, but... And you could see the conviction in which Bill Gates was talking about how the internet would revolutionize the world. And this one man has literally changed how we live. So first, instead of us taking papers and uh, if you want to apply for a school, we're going to print forms and writing your name, writing them. This man has literally revolutionized how life plays now because of a certain thoughts that he had in his heart that with a click of a button on your laptop, you can literally reach the ends of the world. The issues that go on in his heart. So every day as Bill Gates was in his garage, contemplating, coming up with things, you could see that there was something that was igniting in his heart. The psalmist says, my heart is indicting a good matter. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. What are the contemplations that go on in your heart? They determine your life. You see, this is why we need to be really careful with people, especially politicians, because for many of them, they were never in it to serve or to help. Their real deal was for the money and looting things for their family. But they say the nice things. But when the person is in a position, that's when you see the real thing that was in his heart. It is not as though power drank in the person and changed the person. No, power only exposed the content of the person's heart. What goes on in your heart? Watch your heart. Proverbs says, guard it with all diligence. If you make it in any career, it will start from your heart. How, and that's what they call it, how passionate are you about what you want to achieve? 
How obsessed are you about that foundation you want to have? How obsessed are you about that dream you are having? And that was the obsession that had Joseph, that those two dreams that God gave him, he literally made Joseph a fool. Joseph was literally willing to risk everything for those two dreams because of the state of his heart. And that's why God gives us visions and dreams. God is trying to form imaginations in our hearts. God is trying to form strongholds in our hearts. And if only we could have been persuaded by the word of God, regardless of the external implication, we would still hold on. What goes on in your heart? I wish I could speak on this, the whole podcast. The issues of your heart. The reason why Daniel could say no to the king was because he had purpose in his heart. And again, if you look at the book of Daniel, you see a king called Darius. As he was chilling and he was drinking with wine, a thought came into his heart that he should bring the golden vessels from the temple. If only he had declined that thought. He accepted the thought and he ordered for the vessels to be brought. And as they were feasting in the vessels from the temple, then the ham appeared on the wall and wrote, Mene, Mene, I forgot in the guess. <laughs> they killed something, something, meaning that you have been weighed on the balance and you have been found wanted. If only Darius had rejected that thought, he would have been alive. What thoughts are you allowing to form in your heart? That's why whenever you see somebody who has made it in any field and you look back 10 years, 20 years, you realize that the person's conversation has not changed. So if you look at that Bill Gates interview, this guy was somewhere very early, like 2030s. And if you could see the way he was speaking, you can just be sure that this guy means business. And that is what options come to do and trials. They come to vet the state of your heart. That is why God gives us options in life to see if Adam would really, really obey him. And when Adam had the option to disobey God, he chose the option. It showed us the state of Adam's heart. Options expose the state of your heart. So I was listening to one spiritual instructor, he was saying that he never wants to recruit pastors or train pastors who are unemployed because it is very easy for a spiritual brethren to say, I have the call of God upon my heart when you're unemployed. Because at that point, you are just frustrated with life and you just don't want to attack unemployment. And then you, be, you may be genuinely called by God. You may be genuinely called by God. But unemployment will not reveal if truly you are. Have that job that is paying you that six figures and say, I have had enough of this banking sector. I've had enough of this technology. I've had enough of project management. And you are putting it down to serve God. Then you will truly know that you are called by God. It is very easy to say you are called by God when you are not working. But when you are driving that car, when you are enjoying fuel coupon from your company, when you are going on hotel retreats, when you are traveling and you say, no, I have a call of God, then we can take you seriously. So options come to vet the state of your heart. That is why if you are in a relationship and you are and you are policing your beloved, you are worrying yourself, let the person go like a bear. <laughs> let us vet the person, vet the person's heart. I don't mean go and put the person in a compromised situation. I'm saying that enjoy your relationship don't be the English is in finish. Don't police the person because that's the only way you see the true state of the person's heart. And I'm pleading with you that guard your heart. Do not take this for granted because it will determine your life. 
somebody by just examining your conversations you are having now gives my indication of where you'll be tomorrow when you look at people like abramovich the russian the former owner of chelsea this guy was willing to go to prison because he knew that when he comes out of prison he's coming out a billionaire and if you watch this guy's earlier interviews that like this guy he has he has purposed it in his heart already what conversations are going on in your heart what conversations are going on in your heart lucifer said in his heart that i would ascend he said what um verse 34 for thou hast said in thy heart i will ascend into heaven he didn't say it with his mouth he didn't say it with his mouth that's why people don't like quiet people because it tells that they have so many things going on in their heart but they are not speaking you watch you go carefully two things that exposes people to who are too quiet and who talk too much you must be in between you must be slow to speak because you must vet your heart honey guard your heart it will determine whether you make it in life or not vet your heart you, you see and we don't really know our heart that is why in Romans 8 the Bible says the spirit searches the heart of a man you need to allow yourself to be searched perused examined cross examined scrutinized so I'm saying that it's very easy for you to say no to, to alcoholism or to sex or, I mean not sex sex is not bad to fornication now that where sex is not bad it's very very easy but to these things when you do not have the option let us give you the option and then you will see if truly 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 you have purposed it in your heart that is why sometimes i just grow weary when i'm talking about the word of god because people have purposed in their hearts that they will continue living in their sin that they are enjoying so it is not it doesn't change anything that people no matter what you tell them they will keep betting no matter what you tell them they will keep messing around no matter what you tell them they will keep fooling that is why i tell you when some people the jews came to see jesus and they came to ask him for a sign and Jesus said ha you people what an evil generation because Jesus knew that these people they had purpose in their heart that they would never believe Jesus no matter what Jesus did even to the extent that when they stood there and they saw him call Lazarus out of the grave after that they went to plan his death these people had purpose in their heart that they would kill Jesus and as somebody who has purpose in his heart is like a demon possessed man and nothing can stop him and there's some people who you can see that this guy will be rich in future because the guy is 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 drunk and is obsessed with his vision with his dream and that's how you must be with the call of god upon your life what are you seeing in your heart let me pause here because i can go on and on the next thing that you will learn from mr lucifer or mr luciel is very interesting he says the same verse 13 i will ascend into the heavens I will exalt my throne. So Lucifer had a throne. Hey, you had a throne in Noaki. I will ascend into the heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will hey, shall you see the number of eyes. <laughs> I will sit upon the mountain of the congregation in Israel. In verse 14, I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the most high. Hey, Mr. I. But that's not what I want to focus on. What was Lucifer's second mistake? Let's read something in Psalms chapter 75 verse 7. I love the scripture. I remember one morning I woke up and I I would think I was going through a status and I saw it on my friend's status like he had just copied and pasted the scripture. And I love the scripture like I just kept meditating on the scripture. It answers so many questions in life. It says, 
but God is the judge. Psalm 75, verse 7. It says, okay, let's start from the, if I start from the verse 6, you know what it's about. But so let me read the verse 7 if I go to the verse 6. It says, But God is the judge. He put down one and set up another. Let me use another version just for you to appreciate the, the gravity of the revelation in Psalm 75. Verse 5. And if only Lucifer had the Bible, like you know, I've made this mistake. It says, It is God who judges. He brings one down and he exalts another. Now let's go to the verse 6. And now, when I'm sure we are conversant with it, it says, No one coming from the east or the west or from the desert can exalt himself. Let me use the version that we are all uh, familiar with, the King James version. It says, For promotion. Cometh not neither from the east nor the west nor the south. That's the verse six. Then the verse seven says that. But God is the judge of all. He put it one down and set it up another. If only Lucifer knew that it is God that exalts a person, he will not have worried himself. Honey, it is God that exalts a person. It is God that establishes a person. Oh, I be I wish we could believe the word of God. Like it will save us from so many anxieties and wahala and stress in life. God is the one that establishes a person. That is why there are many people in our opinion who do not deserve to be blessed. But God is the church. I love this. God is the church. He is the one who declares whether you are innocent or you are guilty. You may you may look guilty. But if he declares you free, you are free. So he said that God is the judge. Public opinion is not the judge. Your educational background is not the judge. Your, your, your family background is not the judge. Nothing about you is the judge. The East is not the judge. The West, and let me just give you a small review. If you realize, he said that promotion neither from the East nor the West nor the South. He did not mention the North. And remember that when we are in Ezekiel, he says that I will be... I will sit in the congregation in the sides of the north. There's something about the north, but this is just an appetizer. If you want to go stick and stay, which you know your mind podcast. But the issue is that promotion or the judge is not the east or the west. That means that it is not a natural event that determines where you will be, but it is God that establishes one and God that brings one down. If we believe these things, like we want to be best friends with God, it's like politics. If you want to get an appointment in government, just be friends or be close friends with the president who's appointed. You will easily be promoted. You will be given up, and especially in Africa. Is it one day I, I was preparing, or I'm still preparing for um, next year's some of the topics God wants us to treat next year. And one of the review that God gave me that if you want to understand the power of God, look at African politicians. So I'm giving you a hint into next year. Because the way an African politician can say, hey, today I remove you as the as the as the director of Cocoa Board and I appoint you, is the same way God can just get up one morning and say, Hey, you Bene, you are no longer the CEO of Kolebu, you Benji, you are now the CEO, and it is established. Nobody can tell the president anything because the president, according to the constitution, has the mandate to appoint and remove any African politician. In the same way, God is, he is the judge. He determines who he will bless. If you believe these things, like you want to be best friends with God, 
because you know that if you are best friends with God, when a position comes, a national sports authority or CEO of Cocoa Ball or CEO or chairman of Ghana Gas, you, you know that God will put you there. Ah, but because we don't believe this truth in God's word, we are trying to establish ourselves. We are saying like Lucifer, I will ascend above the throne of God. I will establish my throne. I would be, oh God, if only you knew that it is God that would establish a person. You would save yourself of this unrest and unease we have put ourselves into. It is God who establishes a person. It is God that blesses a person. You see, just yesterday, I went to the mall. I went to do some small shopping. And I was I went to a clothing place. I was going to buy a particular footwear, yeah. Then, as I was trying out this footwear, then there was a guy beside me. And I think the, the thing he wanted to buy, the shoe, what cost, I think, 500 cities. And he said, more, we don't bargain in the mall. And he told the guy, that Charlie, 500 cities, there's too much. And me, I'll pay 400, 450. In fact, he wanted 400. And the guy was like, Charlie, he said, more, the price is really steep. He said, nah. I know you can do something. So the guy wants to talk to his supervisor, Charlie. The guy wants to pay 400. And I, I, I didn't really understand it because I know it's more, don't bargain. The price is very low, like, let's move on. But interestingly, the supervisor said, oh, do it for him. And I, I just stood, I was shocked. I said, ah, what's he going to do? Because it's the more, you can't do anything because the price tag and the code on everything. Apparently, they have been doing it. So what they did was that instead of paying the 500 cities, you want to pay 400 and you give them 50 cities. So what they do is that they go for another product and they look at the code on that product because every code has a value. So they gave him the, the footwear, but they went to punch in a different code for a, a footwear that costs 400 cities. And as I just sat there to appreciate the, 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 the scheme that was going on, I just heard the voice whisper to me and said, do not be surprised when people are not rich. You can never steal your way to the top. Now, I know as I'm saying this, people are saying, hey, I know some, <clears throat> some politicians or some people who are there. That is not their true blessings of God. And remember what happened to Lucille? That will happen to everybody that puts himself at the top. That puts himself at the top. God will bring you down. Just in the same way, it was as though Luciel was winning the battle. Because you see, Luciel knew that God was so many sense. So for the fact that he could be planning and organizing meetings and, and could detach sessions, and God did not find out. I'm sure Luciel thought that Charlie, after all, this God, he has a blind spot. It's just a matter of time. The judge of all will bring people down. And just look at history over and over again. We have seen how God has lifted people from the dunghill. Look at what David said to Micaiah. It was the God who chose me above your father. That I who was a shepherd boy, I who was not even considered by my father. I am now the king of the most powerful nation. It is God that establishes one. And I beseech you by the mercies of God that believe this truth and live your life according to this truth. Become best friends with God because he is the one that can make you the see you of the sun and the moon and the stars ministries. <laughs> God is the judge of all. If only Luciel knew that if you want your throne above the stars of God, just go and become best friends with God. Moreover, it was this same God that made him beautiful and perfect. We read this in the opening scripture. Said, you were perfect in the day that I formed you. Lucifer forgot that somebody made him perfect. 
it's like a government appointee who has forgotten that he was appointed by the president. All the president needs to do is to say that, ah, His Excellency, according to the constitutional mandate given to me by the whatever, whatever constitution, I remove you as Director General. <laughs> oh, God. Thank you that promotion does not come from the east or the west or the south, but it comes from God. Thank you that you are the one who determines the events of our life. Thank you that it is not a man because some of us will never ever qualify. We will never be among the elect, the special, the educated, the, the whatever, the, the classification set by men. And there is a man, he's a lifter up of men, if only you see on you. And honey, in life, you will be asked this question. There will be times that you have to manipulate your way to the top. People come and tell you that, Charlie, you are the one who should have become the next chairman or the next director, but somebody is trying to steal your position. So let's go and create a false accusation. Let us go and lie. But remember this truth, that it is God that establishes one and brings one down. The third thing that we want to learn from Lucille, there are so many things that we could learn from just these two scriptures we have read, but Last thing we train, God willing, next time we we'll do another for your learning part B, and we we'll talk about the anointed chariot that covered. The next thing it was that he became proud because of his beauty and the business of his trade. Let's read it again. I love it. Let's go to Ezekiel again and see how the scripture puts it. I love it. It says Ezekiel, Ezekiel twenty-eight. It says that, um, <clears throat> yes, verse 17, your heart became proud on account of your beauty and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to the earth and I made a spectacle of you before the kings. Look at, let's look at um, um, the verse 12. I read, this is what the servant Lord says. You were the seal of perfection full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. I'm sure whenever Lucifer looked at himself in the mirror, ah, that guy was in love. You know, now these girls fall in love. I see some videos of girls, maybe they do makeup, they are going out and they are taking the video, the way they are feeling themselves. I said, hey, you can trust your body, but it's good, feel yourself, okay? And I'm sure that the same thing that Luciel was doing. Every morning as he took his bath and he was going to God's bedroom, going clean, he looked at himself in them and said, ah, fine boy, on account of his beauty. He said, I'm too good to be a house help. Hey, mercy, mercy. The thoughts that was going on in his heart, forgotten that somebody made him beautiful. The third thing, which I think is the most important thing in all the lessons, in fact, they are all very important, but this one is very important because I believe that God is lifting us up and God is going to establish us as and this one thing that brings everybody down, those who forget this truth, is that do not let what God has given you become your idol. And this is a test that I believe is always the last test that everybody will pass at the top before your before your your success will be permanent. What makes success permanent or temporary is those who can pass this test, the test of idolatry. Sometimes you look at yourself and say, Charlie, I am intelligent. You look at the fact that in medical school, you are the only one with distinction. You are the only one who set a record. When everybody 
all those that came to medical school from the day that medical school was established, the highest was 80 whatever percent, and you had 85. When you look at how intelligent you were, you say, ah, Charlie, I'm too good for the school. I need to go to another country. <laughs> May we not have idols in our life. So first John 5 is 21. Mr. John Jesus advice says, my little children, stay away from idols. And an idol is anything that God gives you that you cannot give back to him. I take it again. An idol is anything that God gives you that you cannot give back to God again. That is why that upon all the 25 years plus that Abraham worked with God, it was until Abraham gave back to God the Isaac that God gave him that God said, hey, now I know. Now, oh, that is all along. As God was dealing with Abraham, he was not sure. He was looking at this guy, too, 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 too. Hey, the same God who, told, who, who said that Shala had from Abraham that which I'm about to do, seeing that he will surely be great. As God was saying all these raps to Abraham, he was still doubting him small. But until Abraham would freely give God his Isaac, then God, I'm sure God was in heaven or looking and say, hey, Abraham, I trust, I trust, I trust. And it is believed among some theologians that that decision that Abraham made is what, in quotes, compelled God to give Jesus. Because if a man could give his Isaac, then God had no excuse not to give us Jesus. Ah, nothing should be able to replace the giver of the gifts. And it is a test that we will all have to face because we may, not we may, God is really going to bless us. You will be blessed in the city, be blessed in the field. You will be blessed in your going out and blessed in your coming in. You will be blessed in Ghana, blessed internationally. But can you freely give it back to God when you ask of it? And this test this is what they call the composite question in the answer booklet. This is composed. Everybody will pass through this test. And how well you pass this test will determine how lasting your glory, your success, your achievements and your name will be. What can't you give God back to God? Lucifer forgot that the reason why he was full of wisdom and beauty was that the Bible said, I ordained you so. You were perfect the day you were made. So Lucifer was a created being. And he forgot that he was created. You forgot that you are a product of the creation of God. But you look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am too beautiful. You look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am too rich. You look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am too powerful. You look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am too good. Hey, mercy, mercy. Father, may we pass this test of idolatry. Father, it's not easy. Because sometimes the gifts that God has given us can be so sweet. Hey, sometimes I just look at how God has blessed me and I'm saying that, hey, God, these blessings are sweet. You can imagine how different. It just made me appreciate Abraham the more. How God could tell Abraham this whole thing. Me, I will, frankly speaking, I would doubt it was God who is telling me. Because I'll start quoting scripture that. Uh, what the gifts and the callings of God are without pentance. So if God gave me Isaac, God cannot ask me for Isaac. Hey, I have not God. I have caught God by his word. Abaya. 
I'm sure that night I'll be quoting scriptures to God. That when Abraham heard the word, the Bible said, early the next morning, hey, can we pass this test? Early the next morning, God went to touch Isaac. He said, Isaac, we are going to sacrifice to the Lord. Oh, this innocent 12-year-old or 17-year-old boy, he didn't know what was. He carried the, 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 the sticks on his back. He didn't know that he was the sacrifice. And throughout the journey, never for once did we say Abraham thinking twice about his offer. And I'm up to now, I'm imagining how Abraham was able to tie Isaac to the altar. An old man in his hundreds was able to tie a young guy on the altar. Hey, I, I can just imagine. <laughs> I'm sure when they laid the altar, Abraham took Isaac, lie on it, let me see if in the go to be stable. And I'm sure Isaac was doubting. I'm sure as they were climbing, because you know Isaac as the father. <laughs> Where is the animal we are going to sacrifice? And I'm sure Isaac started thinking to Isaac, this man, the way I heard that he had been believing some God in the skies, eh? So I'm sure that Charlie Abraham had to really overpower Isaac, tie his legs like. <laughs> And I'm wondering how the conversation would be like after a voice came to say, hey, Abraham, do not touch. Hey, frankly speaking, if I was Isaac, I don't think I can speak to my father again. Hey, my father killed me on the altar. He did not think he didn't give me up to some to some fetish priest to kill me. He himself is killing me. I look at the way Abraham freely gave Isaac back to God. And Romans tells us that, he considered the fact that if God can give me Isaac in my old age, there's nothing that God cannot give me. Father, we pray that we pass this test. We are not there yet, but Father, we pray, we pray that you go through the process. That when you give us those degrees, when you give us those accolades, when the world stands at our presence, when literally nations and kingdoms are bowing down to us, and you ask us to bring our Isaac. Father, may we not think twice about it. Oh, may we not think twice about it, Lord. May nothing become an idol. May money never be an idol for us. May marriage never be an idol. May our children never be an idol. May our family never be an idol. May nothing take your place in our hearts. Father, we know that we don't really understand the import of our statement. But Father, we decree this prayer into our future. That even as you establish us, even as you make our name great, may we always remember that we are where we are only because the judge of all establishes us there. And I'm praying for you and I'm praying for ourselves that we will never forget this truth. The day we cannot give back to God what he has freely given to us, we are becoming Luciferians. We have, we, are, we have translated from Christians to Luciferians. But may that never, never be our story. We just want to speak into our future because God is going to make us great. There is no shadow of doubt about that. The Bible said, just this week I was working and, and the Holy Ghost just dropped a word into me. He said that you would lend to nations. Hey. So like the way Ghana is hot, I will just call the number and say, Nanabu, I heard you be approved. Come and take 10 billion and sort yourselves out. That's what the Bible says. He said, said, you will not be a borrower, but you will lend to nations. As I was working yesterday, God just dropped 
of this Imahad that Salisam, you would give money to nations. And today, God is reminding that when you are giving money to nations, remember that the day you were walking on the street in your neighborhood, I gave you this contemplation in your heart. But Father, we secure our future. That when you have established us in the fullness of time, when we are the prime ministers of the most powerful nation, when by our words people sleep and wake up, may we never forget when our beauty, like when Sheba said about the, the, the temple of Solomon, and there was no longer spirit left in us. God is going to take us to the place that when people come and see the businesses we have built, the things we have established, people will faint and say, hey, the human being really do this but when we get to that point may we never behold our eyes Lord. may we never behold our eyes Lord. father we send this prayer into the future of our lives lord that father when you our hearts want to become full of pride may you remind us lord that we are only created beings may you remind us lord today lord this year in 2022 we release prayer into our future that god remind us lord we bind every trait of luciferian in us we bind every trait of luciferian attitude in us in the name of our Lord Jesus. Father, keep us in you. Keep us in you. We don't want to have a beautiful beginning, but a cantankerous and a disastrous end. May we not be a proverb and a, and a bad example to people where people are talking about how pride brings people down. May that never, never be our story. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Wow. God has really spoken to us. God speaks to us every week. But I feel like this is a word for us. Because the Bible says that saviors will come out from Mount Zion and judge them out of Israel. And I believe that everyone listening to us is a savior that God is raising and want to make a difference between how meaningful your work would be. Would be whether you pass the test, the compulsory question of becoming a Lucifer. May God help us. May God help us. And may God help us. Father, we thank you for a reminder. Your word and gift to us is a proof that you really love us. And we do not take it for granted. We pray that you continue being with us even as God gives us his word, even as God renews our mind, even as God transforms us into the image and the stature of the full of Remember to always bring your friends to come and join me. Remember to also go to YouTube and subscribe. Not just subscribe, but subscribe and see. We are believing God to get us more content, more information on truths that will renew our mind. So just go to YouTube and type Renew Your Mind TV and enjoy from various spiritual instructors in Africa. God bless us so much. And remember that we are still giving God our best. And that we are only no man, nothing, nothing but love. See you next week, God willing. And bye bye. If not